Hi, welcome to this week's episode of We're in Trouble Now, the podcast where you, the listener, just get to eavesdrop and see what it's like to live a day in our crazy lives in a raw, unfiltered look on uh, us having a conversation right over here at this here uh, dinner table. This week's episode, we talk about some cool stuff. We talk about what's new with us. We talk about us going to San Francisco. We talk about our haircuts, our barber, good old Ken the Thunderhawk. Uh, we talk about, you know, expectations and reality of actually making content on social media. You know, the pros, the cons, the you know, the, the beautiful side of it, the ugly side of, of the internet. We talk about the vice president and, and moving around. And then lastly, we talk about our good buddy, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, the people's champ. And, uh, it's just a really fun, really enjoyable episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is we're in trouble now and we'll see you later. We're in, we're in, we're in, we're in trouble now. We're in trouble now. So this is us starting the podcast bright and early on a Saturday morning. We are taking a little bit more of an initiative to get these um, done instead of like, I feel like sometimes we kind of like do these the day before yeah. and they're a little, they're a little manic. Yeah. So I think it's nice that we can kind of like give ourselves a little bit more like breathing room yeah. and, and do it. And plus, you know, we're just morning people. So it makes sense. Because I think sometimes we do these podcasts later in the, like we'll do it like Sunday evening for the Monday's podcast. And we're right. like so tired. We're like, so what's new? Well, it kind of reminds me of remember when we started this and I was still working in escrow and mm-hmm. we were, um, we would record on Friday evenings yeah. and it was like just at the end of the week and especially on a Friday, out. I was like, my brain was fried and yeah. it was literally like, so how are you, Lonnie? I'd be like, Ugh. yeah, well, I was thinking about it the other day too, but like we've been doing this for a year and some change, almost like a, mm-hmm. a year and what? Three months, three four months. months. Yeah. 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 Um, you haven't missed a podcast. Nope. I mean, there's t- there's been, I think, only one time where you had to leave early, but that was about 15 minutes. Yeah, because I had a facial. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, you've, you've literally done every single podcast. Yes. It's called dedication. Did we do it? When, did we have the podcast when we had COVID, though? No. No. We, we didn't did start the, it yet? No. Okay. We had the podcast. Um, because what it was is we actually, I was looking at the, the time frames. Yeah. And um, I had just been on TikTok for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. when we got COVID. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then we started the podcast, I believe, sometime in like February. J- we started the podcast in July. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because it was a week in, or a year and three months. So. Oh, okay. Time. So, um, yeah, I don't do math yeah. and I don't do dates yeah. and I don't do, um, geography. <laughs> yeah. You just so, kinda, I like how you were like, <laughs> I like how you gave me the right answer, how long the podcast is and then just ballpark <laughs> what month you thought it started. In. Yeah. So we were, I w- we were, or I was on TikTok for what? So like maybe eight months when we started the podcast. Yeah. I'd say about that. You, I yeah. think you had about, um, well, like 300,000 followers at that time yeah. when you started. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, I asked my followers like, you know, good names for podcasts mm-hmm. and I came up with adult diapers Yep, and I you did that. not like that at yeah, all. Well, I mean, I feel like sometimes when I think your expect or your intentions are in the right place, but I think sometimes they're executed very, very you know, they poorly. were a fan of that one. I'm sure they were. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. No. So, um, yeah. So, what were we going back with this? Nothing. Why? I was just stating that we are doing. The oh yeah, and I haven't missed any. And yes, you haven't missed one. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we do. Um, I mean, I know we do put some effort into this to to yeah. make it as I mean, most just consistently showing up and yeah. you know, brainstorming things to talk about and 
you know, not missing a week or an yeah. episode or things like that. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about it. I mean, like if we ever changed our schedule or even mm-hmm. cut back, I mean, I, it's like, to me, it'd be like, Oh, well I'm going to miss them, you really? know? Yeah. Okay. You know, I just think it's really cool to me. It's like, th- this is the one platform that I have to where I can literally be like, Hey, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like, here's 15 seconds. Tell us about you. Sure. Or like, you're, 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 this is the one too, that you don't have like that narrative that you have to kind of like, tell. Yeah. you know, because like, you know, the, your YouTube is, you talk about fashion, mm-hmm. your TikToks, you talk about like, you know, you a little bit more creativity yeah. and things like that. But this is the one like real raw take yeah. with you, you know? Yeah. Where you can actually like see behind the, the curtain. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the whole premise of this podcast, right? Is to like really just take an unfiltered look at, you as a person because we were we, we mentioned it enough times to say I told you this is your mic no it's not yeah really well, I mean it's the exact same length it is that you just turn no it's not it's shorter no, and it's, it's too high now okay but you have to realize we remember when I when I had him the right length and you were like are oh. you are you upset that you're no, talking I'm not upset I'm just I mean I'm just I just I would like to point out the fact okay that well then here's a thought when you do put away the the okay. equipment I do and I make sure it's I'm always on the left. You're in the middle. And guess who has wh- whose microphone? Now <laughs> do you want to switch? No, it's too. Like, we're already starting now. I can't. Oh, okay. So I just, I just. Do you want like me to, to keep emphasize. my mouth away from no, them? No, it's okay. It's fine. Is I, this now my microphone? Yeah. Okay. I would just like to emphasize that yet again. You were correct. I'm correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, you know what? Truthfully, sometimes you just get frustrated with me mm-hmm. and you're just like, ah, here's your microphone. But if you'd have been like, you know what? I always put them back in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And this one was in the middle where mm-hmm. I put it. I would have been like, oh, okay. No, you would not. Yes, I would have. You would, I That's think a very unfair assumption of you. Of you. That's a very unfair assumption for you to make of me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not, well, it's not unfair. I think it's uh, quick, like stereotyping. Well, you're already assuming what my, my, my response is mm-hmm. going to be without giving me the opportunity of doing it. Okay. But had I had done it, what, I mean, I mean, obviously it's easy to look back on it now and be like, well, I would have done this, but you know. In reality, you know what? In reality, my my hopes and dreams are is that I would have responded mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Um, in rea- you know, w- am I a hundred percent sure I would have? I don't really. I can't yeah. say for sure because mm-hmm. sometimes I get so um, pigeonholed uh-huh. and so blindsided that I just you know I don't listen to your words. Sure. So I mean. I'm working on it, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, you know, again, it's like kind of falling into the same, like, well, if I say if you know, why say it? She's not going to listen. Sure. But, you know, I'm hoping that you give me the opportunity to listen. Well, I will be sure to point out to you why I think I'm correct from here on. Well, it's all about communication. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like saying half a sentence and then be like, well, why don't you understand me? You know? And it, I just think that it's... It's just something that we, um, we definitely struggle with. Yeah, no, we're definitely, I mean, well, that's our, we suck. I mean, yeah, we just suck at it. We, we just aren't communicators. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that like our whole platform, you know, in social media is to communicate, communicate mm-hmm. and we just can't communicate with each other. Yeah. I, th- I don't know if it's just because we've, you know, been so close with each other all of our lives where it's like, you know, like close proximity. Or what have you, but I don't know. Well, I think it's a muscle memory. And the problem is, is like, you know, um, when I was drinking, Mm -hmm. that was when your, your muscles were developing. Sure. So it's like having to, it's like having one really big, strong forearm Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you have to use your bicep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, is that a wrong analogy? It's, well, it's not super 
anatomically correct, right? <laughs> so if you have a really buff forearm, chances are your biceps are going to be equally as strong. Right. But you get what so I'm talking about. Like if you, like, yeah, maybe like if you had a really strong calf, but really weak quads, like they're all... Well, maybe you only did exercises for one muscle. Yeah, but it's a you know, like a secondary muscle group. Right. Okay, so let's put it this way. So Indy, being a puppy, we yeah. are forming her behavior. Yes. And there are certain things that, um, there are certain characteristic traits of hers that since she wasn't a very um, healthy puppy, yeah. that we are now having to kind of train her back in a, into her back into her you know so it's kind of like the same where is she by the way i think she's in your office okay yeah, um she usually goes yeah, right she in she had a traumatized walk yeah. um so but it's the same thing you know how we are trying to be like okay now that you're well yeah. let's let's work on these behaviors yeah. and it's the same thing when you grow up in a home a dysfunctional alcoholic home mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like okay well i'm well now but I don't know how to do these things. Sure. You know, so okay. that's just kind of where I see that. It's not that we're not good communicators. It's we just haven't been trained to communicate. Well, I, I don't, I mean, I with don't each other. Sp- you know, put words in other people's mouth. But I think sometimes I think it, a lot of it comes from frustration. You know, just like, oh, yeah. I've got a lot of things going on. The last thing I want to do is debate uh, why, as to why I think this microphone's mine or why I think that microphone's yours kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's just, it, you know, it's easier just to be like, okay, whatever. And just yeah. shut it off versus like, Oh, well, I, on top of my 90,000 things I have to think about, let's, you know, let's unpack this can of worms. Kind right. Of thing. See, I look at it as this. It's like each time it's like, well, I've got too many things to do to like have that extra couple of sentences. Mm-hmm. I look at it like a piece of paper and you put the piece of paper down, you know, it's just one little piece of paper. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. But every time something like that happens, you add another piece of paper. And before you know it, you've got this big, heavy stack of just frustration sure. that, all of a sudden you're like, how am I ever going to get to the bottom of that stack? Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, it's, it's really, you know, I I think the only way we can grow is by, you know, stopping and being like, well, what's, you know, in my opinion, it's like, well, what's more important, you know, just letting it go or Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to add this extra sentence and see what happens. Yeah, but like in the same time, you could have been like, "Oh, this argument could have been avoided." Oh, I take one hundred percent responsibility of it. Mm-hmm. You know what? And not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's all you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Where I should have done has been like, "Oh, okay. Well, I trust Robert, yeah. and trust me, I've got my own stack of papers I'm working on." Sure. So you know, I didn't. You know, and and in my mind, I'm like, "Wow, if I had known that he puts them back in the same spot, I would have just been like, oh, you know." Yeah. then this is right. And then in the back of my mind, even farther, I'm like, well, why did you need proof? Mm-hmm. You know? So I definitely, I've got a couple of phone books I'm working yeah, on. No, I mean, I'm not saying one, which one, one, one way or another. Like I said, it's, it's a shared problem you mm-hmm. know, because you like, I, like we said, just our family just sucks at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, that's just our thing. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not satisfied with just, with just saying that anymore. I'm not, what sati- do you mean? I'm not satisfied with just being like, well, that's just the way we are. No, because I'm not I, saying that. I'm just yeah. saying that I'm saying that we have the biggest trouble with communicating. Yeah. I'm not being like, oh, well, that's just our personality type. I'm saying that that's our biggest weakness. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Um, how is your? So this is Monday. Today's Monday. So how it's how's been, everything been since Wednesday? It's been good. Uh, we went to San Francisco. We got our haircut. Yes. Um, and then as far as the city goes, nothing really was different. It felt more lively than it has in the past couple of years. It was busier. Yeah, it was busier. There was more people, less masks, um, which I, 
Uh, it's weird. Like now being what two, almost three years in COVID, it mm-hmm. was weird seeing people walking around without masks. And I remember when it first started, how I felt so uncomfortable wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually, it's actually kind of sick. Yeah. Cause then people were like, you know, in, especially in planes, like people cough and sneeze and you know, it's really gross. Yeah. And you know, the cities you, can be not the cleanliest place at times. And so like having that extra, like even if it's just more for like mental, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. I'm not breathing in other people's butt germs or, you know, people aren't sneezing and I'm breathing in that kind of shit. Yeah. It, it just feels good. See, because I was really kind there's Indy. I was really kind of shocked at mm. the number of people not wearing masks in the airport. Yeah. I you know, know. cause yeah. I thought that, you know, I mean, and I didn't really care. I was going to keep mine on, yeah, um, on the airplane equally as like, wow, you know what? There was maybe a handful of us wearing yeah. masks, but once we were actually in the city, mm-hmm. um, I was like looking um, checking out people on the BART. And mm-hmm. I would have to say it's about 90% of the people on the BART were wearing masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then while walking around the city, I mean, that amount went down a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, the farther you got out of like the downtown part. Mm-hmm. So like we were like in Glen Park, right? And Glen Park is more open area. Yeah. It's like residential. So there was less people there, which means less people were wearing a mask. But like in the downtown, mm-hmm. like Montgomery Street and like Market Street, there was a lot of masks. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. I had a good time. Ken's a wackadoodle kind of dude. Yeah. Um, we got to eat our sandwiches. And it was really cool because we, I don't want to air out any of Ken's dirty laundry, but we, you know, after our haircut, we go and we get the sandwiches at this little bodega and then we eat at the park. And then, you know, Ken was kind of talking about the relationship with his family mm-hmm. and how it's strained too. And it was really cool to kind of see, you know, uh, it's weird because Ken's the same age as I am. But I sometimes I look at Ken as if he's like 10 years older. I look yeah. at him sometimes as more of just an, an older adult. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I forget that we're the same age. In, in, it seemed like he had a lot of shared um, situations growing up, yeah. I guess would be the right way. And so it was cool getting to like sit down and talk to him and just kind of be like, oh, okay, cool. We're like same, same, but different, you mm-hmm. know, because he, he I, I don't know if it's just the way he carries himself or just maybe just because he just looks like older. But I've always thought of him as just kind of ha- like having his like, I don't want to say like his life together, but he'd all, everything, he, every decision he's made, it sounded like it was like the right choice and, you know, just he's so well put together. But the more you kind of, you know, we, we've known him for years, right? And the more you kind of talk with him and, you know, more comfortable he gets, the more you realize he's just kind of shooting from the hip just like we are. Oh, yeah. You know, because he was saying that like during the pandemic, he went back to school because he was like, I don't know what to do with my life. You know, I'm going to go and get a business degree, even though he's a very successful, very, I think, talented ar- um, barber. Right. And so it's just interesting to kind of see how we share so many um, past experiences and like, and then like current mind problems, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Did you catch um, where he was like saying like the pandemic, he didn't, the pandemic wasn't his fault. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because he said he had to take responsibility or, or acknowledge that the pandemic wasn't his fault. Yeah. His situation during the pandemic wasn't his fault. Exactly. You know? Because I mean, I'm sure like him and like people in the service industry and you know, people who like work and some sort of customer relations that I'm sure they got hit really hard. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. especially when, you know, you base your whole income off of interacting with other people. It's gotta be really like a really big punch in the gut, you know, yeah. cause thankfully, I mean, unfortunately for us, we weren't affected by the pandemic as much as other people. We, we had a consistent income, mm-hmm. even though the pandemic was at its prime, you know, in 2020, 2021 and things like that. We still got, we still made money. Right. Um, and that couldn't, that wasn't the case for a lot of people. And yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's, I guess it, it it takes, you know, 
getting to look at somebody's life through their point of view and through their eyes to like really appreciate, you know, not, not so much to appreciate what you have, but just to acknowledge that there's other people out there who are going through similar experiences, you know? Yeah. And you know, and like you said, I mean, looking at him from the outside in mm-hmm. and not really getting to know like the inside Ken, mm-hmm. you would never in a million years think that he would ever have like these kind of internal struggles. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Cause you think, I mean, he just, everything, he's just calm, he's cool, he's collected, he's got a ton of life experience, yeah. you know, it seems like he's done it all and seen it all. And, you know, you're like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, hang on. Okay. We're, we're the real person. Yeah. You know? and, it's, and it's really nice to, to be comfortable with somebody um, enough to kind of share that kind of inside voice or your inner voice, you know, cause he could have very well been like, he could have very well kept it, you know, to himself. Oh yeah. And then been like, ah, yeah, yeah. Cause I think a lot of people, I think they struggle with um, projecting the person that they want people to think they are versus who they actually are like everybody everybody gets put on airs sometimes well you know it especially like um like a bar you know like he's in this industry where he makes other people look good yeah okay so he i think that he thinks like he has this facade of like i have to come across as this kind of person even though he has mad skills and he is an an incredible Mm. you know barber Mm -hmm. he still has this facade that he you know he's he's this person and just like yesterday when I was getting my little facial done my esthetician was talking about how you know as being in the beauty industry and working on people's skin Mm -hmm. she feels like this overwhelming pressure to keep her skin looking as young as possible sure and like I told her I said you know I, I go that is just it's an unrealistic Mm-hmm. A beauty standard, yeah, you and know that nobody has put on her. Also, yeah, that she that she put herself. She in put herself on. Yeah, and like I told her, I said your your level of um, of skill is not something that I look at and I'm like, oh, um, you know, you're a good esthetician because mm-hmm. your skin looks like you know like yeah. this, you know. Because it just, it puts her in this box of where she can't age. Yeah. Where she can't be like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm this, you know, I'm, I, I don't know how old. I know she's younger just, than I am. this age, I'm going to look that yeah. age. Yeah. You, you know? know, it's like, I'm 65, but I like have so much done to my face. I'm going to try to look 45, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, each to their own. And if people want that look, then that's fine. But it, again, it's like putting yourself in this, this unrealistic, um, like I said, like this unrealistic box of like having to look a certain way sure and so that was just you know is making me think about ken because ken you know when we first met him he was putting on that i don't think he was i don't think he was putting that was his persona i think that was just yeah that was just yeah you know when he goes to work he is that character very similar like i would i would imagine if when you're a police officer you can't yeah you you, you have to go to work in a certain mind state right. or, or mindset and he most likely probably had the same thing right but more so than that he was probably doing it for his self-protection because i mean think how many people come to him and kind of air out like their dirty laundry it's very yeah. similar to like a psychiatrist like a psychiatrist has to have a, another psychiatrist to talk to mm-hmm. because they get told so many secrets so many like deep dark personal things that it's really hard for them to hold on to and so like he probably in a way puts on this facade, like this, this character in a way to almost protect himself right. too, you know, where he's like, Oh, I'm just going to pretend like I'm this super, you know, rad put together dude, which he totally is, but also too, it may be in a way to protect himself from like, you know, getting told really weird things day after day. Yeah. I mean, cause he, like I said, his business is interacting with people and people are really weird. Yeah. I mean, cause as a notary, people would tell me weirdly, really, really weird shit. 
And it's mostly just because like, oh, I'll never see him again. And it gets, it gets it off my chest. And I'm right. sure he's probably experienced very similar things. And so maybe he had to get in that mindset to kind of like almost protect himself. Right. And um, I think just the simple fact that, you know, we, after our haircuts, we, we leave the shop. He gets to leave work behind. Yeah, yeah. And then we just sit in the park and, and have sandwiches mm-hmm. and yeah. just talk. And yeah. He's got the world's sen- worst sense of direction. I don't know how he, sh- he can even get to work. <laughs> he forgot where the park was. Yeah. Or where the bench Every were. single time. Yeah. And it's like literally like two blocks away. Yeah. Well, remember when he sent us around the lake because he said mm. it was like a mile. Yeah, and it was, it was a like really a really enjoyable mile and it was like four miles long and it was hot and sweaty and yeah. hungry and you were walking slow and it was terrible. No, I was walking as fast as I could in the intense heat and, yeah. the, and for some reason we thought it was going to be cooler than it was. Yeah, and so, so we both had really thick jackets because <laughs> yeah. that was our first time being in Oakland. In, uh, no, yeah, it was our first time in Oakland, but it was also our first time being in San Francisco since... Um, the lockdowns yeah because remember everything was boarded up and we had to get that starbucks sandwich mm-hmm. like in a corner yeah so it was like our first time back in san francisco first time in oakland that was the day that uh biden had gotten the confirmation that yeah. he'd be the president-elect so they had the big old so rally they had a big old like you know protest or not protest but big old celebration mm-hmm. in the streets so people were like outside and we we're like cheering we're like this is awesome and then like six miles later <laughs> we finally made it to the bard station you lost your card for the 30th time yeah and i was just i just wanted to eat yeah yeah it was really a pleasurable trip i remember we definitely remember things differently but it was nice getting i was being sarcastic oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was really nice getting our hair cut. Uh, oh, um, because I remember during the pandemic, I let my hair grow yeah. quite a bit. And sometimes I look back at my little um, my little SpongeBob SquarePants haircut because it was so. it was like a square bob with square oh, bangs. Sure. And I yeah. like I look like, um, you know, like the old fashioned football helmets or yeah. somebody like fashions a helmet out of a pumpkin, or like a styrofoam helmet. Yeah. 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 That was definitely me. But um, it's. It, it's weird because when we were in San Francisco, while there were more people walking around and everything, for me, it's um, it's almost it's almost lost its personal touch. What do you mean? Because it's like I used to we used to go and we would mm-hmm. go visit Miguel over at the Mac store. Oh, okay, I see what you're talking you know, about. Yeah, so, you you had mentioned this. When yeah, we were there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and at the Doc Martin store, we would always stop in and see Wes. And you know what? We would just be like, "Hey, yeah. how are you doing?" And yes. it wasn't like we were going in there for you know. Mm-hmm. Will you provide more detail? Why why is it different now? Oh, because Wes is no well. They um they shut down the Mac store, mm-hmm. so the Mac store is no longer there. And then Wes actually moved to Houston or yeah. Austin. Yeah, I think it was Austin. Yeah. He's so, in Texas. Yeah. So Miguel, who we had known for years and years of going to San Francisco, the Mac store closed down. So he is. Yeah, like, that's bl- what I said. I know. I'm, oh. I'm just oh, okay. writing detail because oh, you're like, okay. yeah, then, then Wes is gone and Miguel's <laughs> no longer there. Nobody knows who Wes or Miguel is. They're so really I, cool. So, so context okay. is, is the theme of the story. So, yes, so they are no longer there and Wes is transferred. And when we went to the Doc Martin store, all the regulars who you usually talk with weren't there. Yeah. And so it's not that it lost its touch. It's just that you no longer have that connection. It lost a personal touch. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you can't get it again. I think it's a very similar to like, um, you know, like when you graduate high school and you go back to high school, like just to like visit and you're like, this isn't the same. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not, you know, the same high school. It's just you just lost that um that connection. With yeah. It. Because, you know, we always used to say that we were regulars in a city of a million or something like that. I mean, yeah, we always used to say that it's really hard to be a regular in a city you didn't live in. Th- yeah. yeah. And I just feel like, um, 
you know, aside from kin, mm-hmm. it's like, because we don't go to We breakfast. don't go to Moe's anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't go to the uh, Golden Boy because we eat sandwiches. Yeah. So it's not that, it's not that we lost the personal touch. We just, we just have to re- develop that connection with other people you yeah. know just because Wes and Miguel are no longer there doesn't mean you can't doesn't mean there's not cool people in the city no 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 and I wasn't saying there was mm-hmm. it was just it was like this is the first time that we've gone back that they were both gone yeah which is just and evident of time changing and mm-hmm. it's, it's not a bad thing but if nothing else it makes you appreciate you know getting to see Miguel getting to see you know Wes because the first time we, we met Miguel I thought he didn't like you know, I thought he was just a mean person. Oh yeah, no, I I was under the impression yeah. he did not like me. He had a very stern, like yeah. hard, really hard to read face. Yeah, and then, you know, as you, as you, you know, repetition, you know, and time invested in things like that, he ended up being a really, just a really good, yeah. kind soul. Mm-hmm. And you know, same with Wes. Well, I mean, Wes out of the gate was just a fantastic person. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it doesn't mean that those aren't there aren't good people back in the city. We just have to find them again, just yeah. like how we find found Ken and Miguel and Wes. We just gotta find the, the other ones yeah so if you're in san francisco just be on lookout because i will make friends i have to make friends again yeah you have to um i don't even know where we would go because we go we kind of really don't do the whole touristy thing anymore we've kind of like we've kind of already we've done enough in that city to kind of know what we want i mean now we just kind of walk around and goof off yeah you know like um we were trying to make TikToks and we were just kind of running around. Yeah. And, you know, I still have that one where we were at the um, top of the street and we're all yeah. like, whoa, yeah. I'll probably post that one today. Okay. How you were like, yeah, I'll just put my phone on the floor of San Francisco. It'll be okay. Well, yeah. I drop my mask constantly. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. You know, I was going to tell you too, because I did a TikTok um, in the airport mm-hmm. and I wore, you know, we wore our masks in. Yeah, why not? In the airport. There were a lot of people. That's our comfort level. And so I started the TikTok with me um, showing my my face, Mm -hmm. and then I panned to the plane, and then I showed him my new haircut. Well, you know, and I was expecting this, but of course, one person's like, wow, you're still wearing masks? Yeah. And to me, it's like, I just don't get why my personal level of protection offends somebody else. It literally like it it does it should not matter to anybody because it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not a community mask. You're not sharing masks. Yeah. What does it matter? If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I personally will never travel without a mask. Yeah. Because I I sleep on the plane and when I sleep on the plane my mouth is generally open. And I and sometimes I'll wake up and like, yo dude, I was just sleeping my mouth is just wide open. It feels really vulnerable. Yeah. And so when I sleep with my mask on I feel a little more protected. Not only that, but it just it it it's, it just feels like a little bit more level of security, not so much in the sense that like I'm not breathing in germs or things like that. It just feel a little bit more protected, yeah. You know, because you're in a you're in a, you're in an airplane next to somebody you don't know, you know, for hours at a time, and it just feels. I know whenever I would wear a mask to the gym too, I'd always put my hoodie up, and I just felt like a ninja, yeah. And I felt really cool, and it's kind of the same kind of thing. I just feel like whatever, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I because I mean, for me, it's like even I mean, I don't want to catch a regular flu. I don't yeah. want to catch anything, yeah. you know, and it, to me. And again, it's like I just don't understand why the world doesn't have more of a like a live and let live kind of um, philosophy. It's like, well, it's I mean, it's always been like that, though. There's always been that situation of like it's um, us or them kind of thing or yeah. us versus them. Like if you're not in if you're not in my box, then you're there's i have a problem with it yeah people it's really hard i think for people to accept other people for their differences yeah and here's where it gets to me is like there's i i know that there's a lot of people out there or there are some people out there who would like to wear a mask but they don't because they just don't want that you know like 
Well, it's the same. It's the same thing with people who like people who want to paint their fingernails, but they're afraid of getting judged. I yeah. Mean, it's it's that fear of that narrative that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You know, people are afraid of what people might say. And exactly. Like, it's really weird to to put yourself in a box, and I definitely do the same thing to be afraid of what people might say for yeah. a situation that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, you, and it's kind of weird because you kind of like, you know, you kind of not only do you hurt yourself in the long run, but you know, who's to say that people wouldn't compliment you or who's to say people just don't care. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of times that I, I heard this quote once and it says, you'd be surprised. Um, was oh God, I forget how it goes. Um, you'll stop caring about what people think about you when you realize how little they, they actually do. Yeah. You know, cause people just don't, I mean, how often do you remember people that you ran, like walk through in Starbucks or how often do you remember anybody who was on the plane or yeah. how often do you remember anybody that was like in the, the Mexican joint we're in last night? Yeah. Like, you just don't, you, the mental cognitive skill just can't compute with all that information. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more of just white noise. Yeah. And the second you realize that like, yo, people really just aren't staring at you or aren't judging you as much as you think they are. Then I think you are a little bit more free to kind of express yourself. Yeah. And also who cares? Well, remember when we were at, um, cafe at the cafe in North beach, the cafe. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. coffee shop, the coffee shop. Yeah. Well, there was, um, a lady in front of me and she was older than I was. I would say she's probably in her seventies. Yeah. The one that we were ordering. Yeah. Yeah. And she turned around and it was a warmer day. So I had on my tank top and all my tattoos were showing. Mm. So she turned around, looked at me then double taked and then just kind of stared. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is going to go one of two ways. Yeah. You know, she's either going to say something rude or, you know, she's not. And she actually, um, uh, struck up a conversation and asked me, you know, she said they were beautiful and kind of like, Oh, she's like, Oh, I love your tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's just the whole thing. It's, it's like living in fear of not knowing which way the conversation is going to go will definitely, um, hold you back. Yeah. But it's to me, it's really important to just not care which way it goes. Well, that being said though, I mean, like if you get that negative interaction, you're going to assume that you're going to receive more. So it's yeah. almost like you harden your skin and you're almost prepared for that negative interaction. And it, I think it prevents people from like, you know, embracing, you know, positive encounters, mm-hmm. you know, and like very similar to like how Ken does, you know, Ken probably experienced a couple of like negative interactions. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to share, share with people exactly everything mm-hmm. about my life. And, and so you, you kind of learn through trial and error, like what, you're comfortable with sharing what you're not. Right. You know, cause I tell people about my life and things like that. And there's other things that I won't, mm-hmm. you know? So I yeah. think it's it just, it comes down to more like, what, what are you comfortable saying? So I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, you just can't let the, again, you just can't. Mm-hmm. It's, I always say there's only one opinion that matters and that's the opinion that's looking back at you in the mirror. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As long as, long as you're doing what I think, what, what, what you're, as long as you're following the narrative that, that, of the life that you've set, you're perfectly fine. Yeah. I did get a comment on YouTube um, because one of my, um, my Sanoderm mm-hmm. one has gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. So there was a lady and if her profile picture is um, accurate, she was probably in her late 70s. Okay. Oh, she said she was 73. Never mind. There you go. And so she, her profile picture was accurate. Her Yes, her profile picture was accurate, but she was like, um, oh my God, I can't believe you did this to yourself. I'm 73 with wrinkly legs. Yeah. Your legs are going to look horrible when you're 73. Yeah. And um, she was like, I can't imagine what they'd look like. So my response was, well, Judy, I can't imagine what my legs would look yeah. like without my tattoos. Yeah. And, I, and then I said, the beautiful thing about my self-expression mm-hmm. is it's mine, not yours. You should have said something mean. Like, well, don't worry, Judy, you won't be lo- around long enough to see it. <laughs> 
you know, I have to be really careful. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times responses, people, um, they bait you for a response. Yeah. And to me, it's like, no, no, I'm going to, I'll call yeah. you out by name, but I'm not going to let you, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to let you get away with shit like that. Yeah. People are weird. Yeah. People are weird. Yeah. But it's all part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So what else is new with you? We went to San Francisco. We went to San Francisco. Um, I was able, yesterday I was able to monetize my YouTube channel, which I thought was really cool. That's awesome. Um, That's such a, uh, congratulations. That's such a huge accomplishment. Yeah. So I'm at 1,089 followers, subscribers. And my goal for myself is to be at 2,000 by the end of the year, which I think is very reasonable. No, no, I'm okay. Which I think is very reasonable considering that I get about a, um, about a hundred every three days, I think. So it's, it's very, very, very doable. Um, but it's just, it's a fun experience and it's a fun community. And it's, it's interesting to see how it's, it's a weird, the gaming scene in general, I think is a really weird aspect right now Mm -hmm. because when I grew up, video games were like a really cool way to kind of connect with, um, you know, not only yourself, but friends and things like that. There wasn't a whole lot of multiplayer. So you had to play with kids on the block and it was just a really fun shared experience. And then when live streaming came out, it was, it was equally as fun and, through the metamorphosis of just time invested, it got to this weird celebrity like kind of thing where it's like, if you were a streamer, you felt, I, I feel like streamers nowadays, they feel a little bit more empowered or a little bit more, I don't want to say like, like they have like this God complex or they're, or they're, they're I think they're, they're put on a pedestal more than oh, they yeah, should absolutely. Be, I think is the right, is the right way to put it. And you know, yesterday we were, we were, I was just playing some video games with, you know, I was playing with some my friends from Europe and we had an open spot and I was like, Hey, does anybody want to join? Like, you know, come on in. And one guy joined and he, he wasn't joining our voice chat and discord, which is what we use to, mm-hmm. to talk with everybody. I was like, Hey man, what are you doing? Get in, get in, get in. You know, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you had like a group of people and you know, I didn't know if like you, if you he only, was welcome. Yeah. If he was welcome. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I was like, are you, you, there is never going to be an instance where I'll ever be like, no dude, you know, this is, this is my core group kind of thing. Like what did I, and I, and I got really upset that that narrative has been going on for so long where, where people don't feel comfortable even joining a discord or people mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable like trying to join for games or, you know, it's this weird narrative to think that like, that I'm like, I don't want to say superior or that like that I'm on this pedestal that, you know, people can't associate with me kind of thing. And it got me really upset because there's, I've met a lot of really good people through video games and it sucks to think that there's like this standard now for, for, for streamers. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why I switched over to YouTube because I felt like on Twitch, that was definitely the narrative that was being paid. It was like, Oh, well I'm a content creator. Yeah. And it was more of just like, yo dude, who wants to dick around and play video games? You know, like, but that's what's going to make you stand apart. Yeah. Yeah. But it's upsetting that to think that other people, and like also two other people, I I can't tell you how many times it was probably about four or five times yesterday. Different people in my chat were asking like, Oh man, I'd really like to start streaming, but I'm not good at this game. I was like, bro, neither am I. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? Get in here. I was like, if nothing else, now would be the best time to stream because you're like, I listen, I'm not good, yeah. but I get to, I get to improve and I get to grow my skills while people watch me. So people can like come back in and be like, dude, remember when, you know, I remember when you first started off, you weren't good. I was like, don't limit yourself right. due to like this unrealistic, you have to be this insanely crazy dude to, to even to even start a stream. Well, that goes back also too to like what I'm always constantly saying mm-hmm. on my channel. It's yeah. like a lot of times people don't wear certain things because they don't feel like their body is perfect yeah. enough 
for example, like um, white ribbed tank tops are sure. super popular. Yeah. And there's, I would say more women over 50 won't wear them than they will wear them yeah. because they, one, they think they're too old to wear them. Two, they think their arms are too flabby. Yeah. Three, this, four, that. And they give themselves a list of reasons why they shouldn't wear it. Mm-hmm. And where I'm giving them a list of reasons why they should wear it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's really weird to see like in like a your, similar narrative. A, yeah, a similar narrative across the board mm-hmm. it, you're just replacing you know streaming with a, a tank top yeah well, well yeah i think the message is is similar mm-hmm. right it's like yo you can do whatever you want as long as you enjoy doing it mm-hmm. and it's just it's a it's a weird it's weird how social media and just the internet in itself is such a blessing and a curse right it connects right. you with people from across the world i mean i've got to meet some really really good people i met my best friend in the history of the world online, you know, yeah. he lives in, he lives in North Carolina. There's no way we would ever cross paths. He's 10 years older than I am. Yeah. You know, there's no way without the internet and without video games that I would ever have met him. And it's weird to see such a positive result from playing video games and the mm-hmm. internet. And then also on the flip side, see such a negative result. Cause there's a lot of, and that, and that's another thing why I, I tend to shy away from certain things like Twitter and, and Twitch mm-hmm. is because there's a, there's a very toxic subculture with video oh, games. Yeah. And I think, and, and I don't know if it, I don't know how it evolved to it, but it's definitely not the narrative that I fell in love with, with video games. And I want to uphold and I want to like covet that feeling of what it was like when I first met X on Xbox when I was 13, you know, and, and I want to, and I want to try to save that kind of positive feeling and I want to kind of give it out to, you know, well, people on my stream. Here's a, here's a thought and mm. I'm just throwing it out there, sure. but you know, you have this really amazing like feeling that you want to preserve. Yeah. I guarantee you there's a million people out there mm-hmm. wishing to have that totally. feeling. Yeah. So it almost has to get to the point where, where you're comfortable enough and you're, you are protected enough mm-hmm. that you can be like, okay, I'm going to come into this platform and I'm going to keep it good and yeah. not let that. Oh, no, that's, that's totally what I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's one of the driving forces of me being on YouTube is that it allows me to create everything there in house. And it's almost like, it's really, I don't know if you've ever seen the new guy. Mm-hmm. You've seen the new guy with the, with, um, uh, Eddie Griffin. Is it Eddie Griffin? Um, Eddie it, Murphy? No, it's not. No, it's Eddie. It's Eddie Griffin. Is it? Oh, dude! Now, now you got me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I know which you, movie. We've, I mean, it's a '90s movie. Brandon and I have seen it. He's the guy from Saturday Night Live. No. Oh. Okay. Hang on, I'm googling it. Is it uh, where he goes to prison? No. <laughs> Do you want me to stop yeah, guessing? Yeah, stop guessing. If I could see a picture it's of called the... the new guy with um, DJ Qualls and um, yeah, Eddie Griffin. Yeah, let me see. This is what Eddie Griffin is. He's a dude. He's the funniest comedian. His stand-up comedy is so funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So anyway, th- this kid gets bullied, right? Yeah. He gets bullied. and actually ends up breaking his penis. And breaking his penis. Yeah, he breaks. He breaks his penis. Okay. And he ends up taking like medication because he has a broke wiener. Yeah. And he ends up going to a mall and he like has like a public disturbance where he like, he like grabs a microphone from some like choir and he like says a bunch of weird shit and he ends up going to jail for disturbing the peace in walks Eddie Griffin, who is a cellmate. And he basically is like, Oh, well, you know, you just have to restart, you know, rebrand yourself. And so they, they do like this prison montage where they get some, get some tattooed and, you know, um, gets them all like prison ready for his new school. And when he goes to his new school, he's like this rebranded, repurposed, like badass guy. Yeah. That's how I feel like with Twitch. Yeah. Oh, cause, okay. Cause Twitch was, Twitch was a really weird platform that made me really insecure and yeah. made me really just 
fall out of love with video games and streaming. Mm-hmm. And then I broke my penis. And then a year later, and then I'm on, I'm on YouTube now. And I, and I really just connect back into why I started it in the first place. So now let me ask you this. I mean, because as an outsider looking in, yeah. I can see you as a completely different person yeah. when you started your stream again in YouTube. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think like if a person isn't, um, confident in themselves yeah. it's a good time to start or would you recommend to them just be like hey you know what find yourself you know and no I do you see where i'm yeah, going no, I, I get it like you know because like i think that's i think that's the the the, the i don't want to say the problem but that's the hard part with social media mm-hmm. is that it's if you're good at it it looks effortless you know if, yeah. if you're really really good at making videos if you're really good at like you know making content it almost looks like it's effortless to you right like, no, that's that's the draw to so many like successful content creators is you're just like oh he's having fun and he's you know doing well this is what you know success looks like but also at the same time like it's it's there's a lot of back work that goes involved to like to get to that point and you can't get to that point unless you start right so it, i would i would never tell anybody to not start especially like the youtube channel i mean like let's just i mean for example my youtube channel I had it for since 2017. I didn't just start using it until uh, 20 uh, December of 2021, mm-hmm. right? And it it took me that long to figure out how I wanted my YouTube channel to go. Right. And you can't get there unless you start, and you really have to fumble. You really have to like you know uh, you side sidestep and stutter step, and, and you really have to just really kind of swift through the mud to kind of find the direction your channel is going. You can't do that unless you actively put work in right so I, I yeah if you're i would definitely say if you're like insecure if you're hesitant on starting absolutely start see but but here's the thing is is i would say start uh, start small you know because mm. it's like i like it the way my journey started yeah. and my journey started with just like this this idea yeah. and you know what i started small on instagram yeah. and you know i just started showing like hey here's what yeah. i'm wearing today yeah. and as my confidence has grown mm-hmm. my platform has grown yeah. so where i was looking at it is is like if you're not you know had i started like let's just say when i my first or my second instagram post had i gone over to tiktok mm-hmm. and been like Hey, here's my outfit. Yeah. I, I would have been received in a different way mm-hmm. and it might have stopped my journey. Yeah. Well, it took you a long time. Yeah. To, you know, even when you posted your first TikTok, you were very hesitant about it. Oh my it. God. I was, I was, yeah. I was petrified yeah. mm-hmm. because I had heard all of the horror stories about TikTok just being super mean yeah. and toxic. But, you know, and I guess where the, the advice I would definitely give is just go at your comfort level, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm thinking of like, let's just say, somebody wants to start a new channel mm-hmm. about fashion, mm-hmm. you know, and they get, they're kind of like not really, um, I, I'm just worried that somebody who starts a new channel about fashion gets like some really rude comments mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden their self-esteem plummets. Yeah, see, see where I, I'm going? Yeah, I, I get it. See, I would say the opposite. Okay. I would say push that envelope because growth doesn't happen when you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, growth doesn't happen in your safe space. You really have to get, on, you have to you have to push yourself to the standard, not to a standard, but you have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone to experience any sort of growth and any sort of productivity. Yeah. And if, what's up? No, no, go ahead. And just if you know, like if you're if you're hesitant or like you were saying, like your TikTok, if you're scared, I mean, you still posted it. Yeah. You know, if you can't fight fear, do it scared. Yeah. You know, like you, but you still have to do it. You know, like and like it's really especially nowadays, it's really hard to open yourself up to criticism with the internet because it's so almost assumed that there's going to be somebody who disagrees with you. Oh yeah. You know, you know, and then, um, 
I was, oh gosh, where was I going to go? I had a thought, I had a thought. Oh, when I was talking to my esthetician yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I was telling her like some of the, the comments that people have been saying and yeah. she's like, oh my gosh, that's so rude. Yeah. And where my philosophy is, is like, that just means I'm making noise. Yeah. That means I'm making people are, I'm making people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You're forcing people to think. Exactly. Yeah. And the alternative would be where I'm not standing out. I'm just blending in. Mm-hmm. I'm making everybody comfortable and there's no success in that. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. You're like, oh, here's a video of me eating crackers in a room. You yeah. Know, it's safe. Nobody has any problem with yeah, it. Yeah. I'm not going to make direct eye contact yeah. with you. I'm just going to eat a cracker. Yeah. But no, but nothing happens from it. Exactly. You know, nobody learns from it. So I guess just going into like um, anybody starting, whether you're going to start streaming mm-hmm. or start a, a platform yeah. of any kind, mm-hmm. you know, I, my suggestion is just just go in and take those negative comments is just that you're you're making somebody uncomfortable yeah, i mean it's baby steps i mean definitely don't do like what i mean because you, you do tiktok twitter instagram youtube facebook uh, facebook you amazon. blog amazon i mean you you have so many social media platforms mm-hmm. whereas like if you know if somebody's just starting out like you say just baby steps if you don't like live streaming make a video if you don't yeah. like making videos um you know, work on something else, work on some sort of storyboard creation. Yeah. You know, I still think Instagram is probably one of the safest platforms for, I like Instagram. I like Instagram as a company. I've, I've rarely been in a situation where I'm like, ugh, Instagram kind of blows. You know, it's, it's very, it's a very safe place. You know, it's nice. You know, I, um, I follow the guy, the head of Instagram and on Thursday, on Thursday, he's, he asks questions. He's like open for people's questions. And then on Friday he answers them. Mm -hmm. And Instagram has come out with this thing called a nudge to where if the conversation is starting to turn, um, hostile, Mm -hmm. the Instagram will actually send you like a little message. Like, Hey, do you really want to continue with this conversation? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody was like, and this is for live streams. No, this is for like, if you're like on a post. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they mean, because they can check for words. You can actually, um, on your, um, your page, you can be like, Hey, these are trigger words. You know, I don't want this word, this word, this word. If this comment has this word, hold the comment. Mm -hmm. So if if they are um, like certain words are being said, it will trigger it as being a hostile conversation. Yeah, that's right. And so they'll be like, Hey, do you really want to finish this conversation? Yeah, Just trying fine. to make it a safer space for people. Yeah, it's totally cool. They're, I mean, they're a privately owned company. They mm-hmm. have no first amendment, right? They can say, they can block whatever word they, mm-hmm. they, they deem, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so to me, it's like, again, that's like any company that really looks out for the benefit of their, their content creator. Mm-hmm. I really have a lot of um, respect for yeah. Because it's like, it's a really, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a minefield. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to tell you too, cause I had quite the lovely conversation while having a facial yesterday. I, tell, I yeah. actually, she's a really, we end Is up Is this talking. the first time you've like had a facial from her? No, no, no. Oh, okay. She's the same girl I go oh, okay. to all the time. All right. So, um, we, we already know each other well enough. Okay. Um, and she always asks about Indy. Okay. Um, but Does she follow you on social media. I think so. Okay. I've shown her pictures, oh, okay. you know, I, yeah. I, I'm not really big about like, Hey, are you following me? Sure. But, um, her sister is a streamer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. her sister-in-law. Okay. And, um, so she said that her sister-in-law was like kind of socially awkward, Yeah. you know, and I that, would say I would follow in the same thing. Yeah. When I'm streaming, I'm a lot, I'm very animated. I'm very mm-hmm. loud. I'm very fun and I giggle and I laugh. But when I'm in a social standard, I'm usually the quietest person. Yeah. So she was streaming and she was really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was, you know, it was kind of like her escape of like how to come out of her little shell totally. yeah. and she got swatted. Yeah. And it really got it. Really it. Fucks you up. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, first of all, it's illegal. 
Yeah. Because somebody's making, so basically what it is, is you have, you find the IP address or you find the address of the actual person mm-hmm. uh, of, of who's streaming or who you want to swat. And then you, you make an anonymous phone call. Hey, this person's deadly or dangerous. This person has, you know, has said he's going to go on a rampage. This person has live ammunition. This person's a danger to their health, just an anonymous phone call. And then obviously the police can't, they can't determine whether that's fiction, yeah. faction or what is it? Uh, false or, or fact, 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 fact or fiction. fiction. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And so they, they have to assume that this person is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so they raid, they get a warrant, they raid and they come in and they arrest this person. This person all while not knowing is, you know, playing video games. Yeah. A lot of really, it happens a lot more than you think. Yeah. It actually happens a lot more than you think. And it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And she said like the helicopter was there. Mm-hmm. The SWAT team yeah. was there. Yeah. And cause you don't, I mean, they can't, they have to assume it's real. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it really, it messed her up and it was really sad. And, and she's just now starting to get back into yeah. it. But to me, it's like, wow, you know what? It's like, that is just, to me, that's just terrorism. Yeah. Well, it's not, well, it's not terrorism. It, it's a really shitty thing, yeah. which highlights a really flawed person. Yeah. But it's, um, it's completely, first of all, it should be punishable by crime. To, oh, absolutely. To, to 100% to call 911, to take up a 911 dispatcher's time. And, you know, look, think how much think how much resources is used in order for this falsified report. I mean, think how much, uh, you know, if there's, what, 10, 20, 30 police officers yeah. here, there's tw- 10, 20, 30 police officers out there who aren't responding to calls, who aren't responding to traffic stops, who aren't doing all this stuff. And it absolutely should be punishable. Yeah. You know, so. because I know, like, if you start a fire here in California, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. You, you have to pay the state back. Yeah. And I think it should, you know, besides going and being punishable, I think that they should have a monetary. They should have to pay back the state for those resources. There, I mean, there definitely, there definitely needs to be something, some sort of repercussion, yeah. but yeah, I know it sucks. Um, dang, I was going to say something. I can't remember. Now, is there any way to protect your IP address from, yeah, you can get, there's certain things you can pay for. There's certain yeah. things you can like pay for, for more added security, but also too, it's, um, you know, there's just, there's just steps you have to take. Yeah. Not, not disclosing as much information as you normally should or would. Um, there's definitely things, but it also, it, it does slip through the cracks. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, people, I was, I was watching a video yesterday. There were like ways to avoid getting doxxed. And sometimes like, let's just say your aunt or your uncle come in. They're like, Hey, are you still at blah, 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 blah. Or like, Hey, I went to high school with so-and-so here's his phone number. Yeah. You know, it, limiting that interaction is really important, but it's, you know, it's sometimes you just can't avoid it. Sometimes people can just see you at a market, follow you home. Yeah. And then, Hey guys, I know who so-and-so's address now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, um, even at the gym, somebody was like, Hey, yeah, somebody you? recognized you and messaged you on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like, hey, is that you at the gym at, you know, at the butt crack of dawn? And I'm like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, and that's, and that's the pros and cons of of putting yourself out on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's here nor there, but also too, at the same time, I mean, I, 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 mean, I wouldn't change it. I mean, obviously you have to play it safe, but yeah, it, it, again, it's the narrative of living in fear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, again, um, my esthetician, mm-hmm. her oldest son is actually trying to get his commercial pilot license. Oh, cool. So he, um, he already has his private license. Yeah. And so he has to log so many certain That's hours. A There's a lot. I think, I think it's like hundred thousand hours. Or yeah. Something, something like crazy yeah. like mm-hmm. that. So the school where he got his private license actually hires um, their students to be instructors. Cool. Love it. Yeah. yeah. But she said that she just read that somewhere in like Colorado, some young instructor had two people and they took off wrong mm-hmm. and the plane crashed. Sure. So she's like, now I don't want him to do that. And so we were yeah. talking about like mm-hmm. the mother, you know, like 
the the duality of like wanting your child to do what makes them happy mm-hmm. and then trying to overcome the fear of like a dangerous totally you know yeah well, I'm sure you felt the same thing like when I would travel overseas oh absolutely like yeah absolutely people all the time are like oh my gosh are you okay with him going I'm like yeah. I'd rather have him go and live life than to just sit on the couch and you totally know, yeah be miserable also, it's like really fun yeah going over and that's what's cool too is like it's scary but that scariness and that that ability to go out of your comfort zone is what makes the things so enjoyable Mm -hmm. you know see i would totally i would totally back you going to africa each and every time Mm -hmm. opposed to going up into a hot air balloon like we saw them today this morning yeah. yeah it's just i don't know i mean it's safe i mean dylan's been doing it for like 20 years yeah. You know, not to say that there isn't like risks involved, but yeah, that one was coming down pretty well, fast. It, well, it's the same thing with like with an airplane, right? You're, you're really are putting yourself, you're, you're putting your well being in the hands of somebody else that you don't know. Yeah. You know? And so it's like that weird trust issue. Um, holiday balloons just seems a little bit more sketchier than a plane, but yeah. who's to say? So when we were in San Francisco, we were, um, we always jump off the BART and then walk however far to the barbershop mm-hmm. and we crossed over the freeway. It's a mile. I think it's a point. It's, it's a three fourths of a mile. Yeah. yeah. So we crossed over the freeway and it seemed like every CHP officer and every um, San Francisco police officer were just, just flying, flying down, down the, the freeway. freeway with their lights and their sirens. Yeah. And that, and we, I think we counted about 15, 20. Yeah, yeah. There were quite a few of them. So I was thinking it was a high speed police, police mm-hmm. chase. And then I read, cause I um, subscribed to the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, I read that um, our vice president was there. Yep. And um, well, not only that, but the pilot said it. Well, I was waiting. I oh, was okay. so while I was, um, we were. I think where were we? Oh, I think we were in the airport waiting for the plane. I read that she was in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So then we get on the plane to fly home, and we're taxiing down, you know, around the airport. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Well, we're going to sit here for a while mm-hmm. because they had to shut down the airport because she was flying out," mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool because we got to see the plane take off that she was in. Yeah, she, it was two different planes. Is it, yeah. but I think one of them they fly two different planes, so they don't know which plane she's in. I don't know because those two planes looked exactly alike. Well, I would I reckon maybe it's more for security and staff, but there there has to be some sort of level of security, and there has to be fighter jets. Yeah, because that's I know what Air Force One gets escorted by two fighter jets. Yeah, so it, there has to be some added level of security. Um, could be you know maybe just staff personnel things like that. I don't know, but yeah, it was kind of cool. It's yeah. weird. To, I mean, it's weird to think that. I know it's weird too because like sometimes you know you think of the president and the vice president mm-hmm. and they they're so you know so politically important and such a, a key figure in world economics and just mm-hmm. you know you almost forget that they're real. Yeah, you know it's almost like they're there's like this they're, they're you, you know them just by the name more yeah. than anything and like it's weird to actually see the plane that has the person who is known by the entire world yeah you know who's the second in command yeah who's yeah. the second you know most powerful person in the world you know yeah it's kind of crazy to see them like there yeah well you know? i totally geeked out did you I had my little face on against the window you I'm did like, yeah <laughs> you did what's well, crazy <laughs> me and the guy in front of me yeah well it's crazy though that they literally shut down you know sfo is not a small airport no it's an international airport and to think that they, I mean, they, they, there was no planes coming in. There was no planes coming out. And yeah. that's for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And so like, could you imagine being on a, like a transatlantic flight and flying in circles for like 30 minutes? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it was like we, he stopped right where we were. And mm. he's like, yeah, we're, we're not we moving. Can't, move. yeah. can't go forward. Can't go backwards. We're just sitting right yeah. here. So it's pretty crazy. And yeah. To th- and to think that they have to do that every single time. Like they had to do that when landing. They had to do it with taking off. Yeah. I mean, think how much money that costs the airlines. Yeah, you know. but I mean, it's the security that has to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, you the, know. It's, their, it's their precautions, yeah. sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it, to me, it was like, you know, like I said, I totally geeked out, but I'm like, that's the closest I've ever been to a really important political yeah, figure. Yeah, I know Trump was in San Francisco, I think, at one time when we were there. But okay. I think he was on the other side. No, actually, I don't think so. I know. I've seen like on Facebook where people are in restaurants and like Nancy Pelosi walks by. Oh, really? I would just, I would, I would fangirl. Really? Yeah. I'd be like, Yee! I'm trying to think what other famous celebrities live in the Bay Area. Well, I mean, um, Gavin Newsom, he's up, you know, he's, he's, he's I don't think he lives in, he has to live in Sacramento. He's in Sacramento, but I mean, I know he's in San Francisco a lot and, um, I don't know. There has to be somebody. I know the rock was born in San Francisco. I heard his movie wasn't all that great. The black Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it. I mean, I, I, at this time in the age with the Marvel movies, like if it's not Deadpool, I don't think it just does well. I mean, I heard, the, I heard the Thor movie didn't do very well either, right? I was not a fan, you know, to I me. I think that genre is just beat to death. Well, the problem is, is like with the Thor movie, I mean, I absolutely love the Thor characters mm-hmm. and, and all the supporting cast, but they made it almost comical. Well, I think they saw what Thor Ragnarok was and they were like, oh my gosh, we can really do this. And they know Deadpool's a big hit. And I think they tried to like emulate that. I mean, I've never seen the movie, but yeah. it sounds like that's what happened as they kind of emulated it. I, who was the director? Was it Takai Watiti? I'm not too sure, but I know with the the Rag, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, is that? Yeah. yeah, that one had the perfect balance of serious and, and just yeah. enough like a couple of like where you could kind of chuckle. Mm-hmm. And this one, it was like they were just it was like almost where you were expecting it to be like. It was Takai Watiti. You know, it's like you know, like you're in a nightclub. It was almost too much. It was too much. It was like too slapsticky. It really was. Do you think they substituted or they, they kind of substituted a good storyline and they kind of try to like, truthfully, I could, I could not follow the storyline. Really? Yeah. What was the, what was the movie about? It was, um, well, for one thing, he kept talking to his hammer. Okay. And then, um, Natalie Portman came back as his original girlfriend, but she had cancer, but, his original hammer came back together, gave her powers mm-hmm. and um, there was a villain. Now I wonder if like, I wonder if this is like Canon. Like I wonder if this is something that Stanley wrote. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but I just know that um, the last couple of Marvel movies I've watched, I have just been really super like anticlimactic, Yeah. you know? And then, um, like the Doctor Strange one, mm-hmm. to me that was like, you know, I'm a pretty sharp person, but if I can't follow the storyline, I'm like, yeah. oh please. Now are you gonna watch Deadpool three? I will yeah. because you know what I'm hoping that I mean you're kind of expecting that, but I've mm-hmm. never seen a Deadpool movie that doesn't have a storyline that you can absolutely 100 yeah. percent follow. Well, it's only been I mean this is the third movie. Thor has been this is got to be Thor's seventh movie or eighth movie. Yeah. So I mean Thor is. They're kind of up against it with Thor because they're like, well, how many more storylines can we put together? Well, um, I mean, but the whole thing is, is that the whole timeline has progressed. Yeah. So I think that you could have taken the timeline for Thor mm. and done it in a manner where not every other scene is an ACDC monologue of sure. slowing down action. Sure. I mean, I don't have to see him creeping across the screen mm. um, to back in black. Yeah, but you have to you have to look at it in terms of a money making production. So if you, if you think about it in terms of like storyline and content, it, 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 it doesn't do as well because they, they have to market it to not only the North America um, or English speaking countries, but they market it to the world, right? So what transitions more to any other market? And it's, it's violence and some sort of like musically themed. So the more kind of like f- action sh- scenes and the more like um, 
cinematic like montages, the easier it is to transition to international audiences. It, <coughs> excuse me. Then it's just it's an easy cop out because yeah. let's go back to the original Avenger movie. Sure. I mean, that was you know, I don't remember any musical montage. I mean, maybe like when they were fighting sure. the big at the very end. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm not discrediting the Avengers. I'm just saying it's probably easier for them to market. They probably had so many things in production. They were like, well, let's just do it like this way yeah. because it sells more internationally. Cause if you think about it in terms of the world, per, um, in terms of like revenue, there's much more people around the entire world versus like North America and maybe Europe. So like if they market it to a bigger audience, they're going to get yeah. more revenue. I just was like, I mean, unless, and, and now look at rocks movie coming out and, and it's getting like, oh, the rock, yeah. you know, it, and the one article I, I saw, I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but it was like, he deserved a better Marvel movie. Really? Yeah. You know, he deserved, yeah. you know, going into the superhero genre, yeah. he deserved a better movie. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I personally, I like the rock oh no i yeah. like him and i think that you know um i think that he was like a great it's a great idea thinking yeah. about him playing a superhero because he's played i mean this is his first superhero role yeah um the, the headline was just basically he deserved a better movie for that's that. fair that's fair and you know what also too and I, and I think maybe the rock came in at it until a little late where people are just kind of i don't want to say bored but they're a little burnt out of superhero Marvel movies. Yeah. You know, cause it's, I mean, how many is it's been all the X-Men's, all the Marvel's, all the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man's like mm -hmm. it's, it's been done. Right. Right. And like, why did it take the rock so long? You know, that's, a, that's another question. See, too. but the thing is, is that if you look at it in a whole, I mean, like you have the Avengers and then you have Spider-Man movies, but the Spider-Man movies had a different, um, it was a different company. They were owned by Sony. No, it's still Marvel. Hmm. Spider-Man? Mm -hmm. Sony bought the rights of Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, going in the direction that I was going at, it's like, you know, like Spider-Man had its own kind of storyline. Yeah. You know, like Ant-Man kind of had his it, own yeah, storyline. Yeah. Which me, I really liked Ant-Man's story. Yeah, those were really good movies. Yeah. And to me, it's like they're they're missing out on their own individual stories. Yeah. And they're trying to lump everything into like an Avenger movie. Yeah, well, I mean, it is the Marvel Universe, so everything is connected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to watch Black Adam. I don't have any reason to. I enjoy The Rock and I think he deserves, I wish him nothing but success, but it does seem like people are just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I saw that Morpheus one with Jared Leto where he's a vampire. He's like a superhero no, vampire. No, no. Yeah. yeah, that one. Heard of that. Yeah, that one came out. That's a Marvel movie also. Is it? Yeah. And that I like Jared Leto. I know he's kind of a weird dude, but I really liked him in, um, um, what's the one with um, D Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah. Yeah, I liked them there. Yeah, I, I fell asleep during that movie. Da the Dallas Buyers no, Club? No, no, no. Oh, the Infamous the or whatever. Morpheus, Morpheus or Morpheus or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. So, come on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm still going to watch them and I'm still going to bitch and complain about them. That's fine. I mean, because you have every right too. I mean, that's, yeah. that's your right as somebody who's, um, you know, consuming media and consuming content. They came out with um, Knives Out too. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. No, that is. I mean, to me, that is such a good movie. That I liked was it. I thought such it was. I thought it was a very unique, very refreshing um, spin on on a movie, right? Yeah. Because it was. It's basically like an Agatha Christie novel. Yes. It's a murder mystery, and you you follow along with the detective who's trying to figure it out. And it's, just, I mean, I was really into entertained. I mean, yeah. It was refreshing. Yeah. You know, because how how many times you could flick, you could throw like a, a dart in a wall of a movie poster, and it's like 
it's always the same kind of genre. Exactly. This is a really nice spin, a really nice take. Yeah. We really don't get those kind of movies anymore. No. Yeah. No. So I'm really hoping that the number, the second one has that same sort of. Um, I think it will. I mean, Daniel Craig is the, is the detective. Yeah. And he was a really, he played that role really well. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a really good, you know, he's, a, he's just a good actor. I really like his. Yeah. And it's an ensemble movie. You have different mm-hmm. actors there. It, it's, it's a fun movie to yeah. watch. Yeah. And you know, Marvel needs to get back to more like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I think too. I think you can tell when the actors are enjoying themselves and mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, okay, I'm here for a paycheck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what are you yeah. going to do? Awesome. Awesome. Well, do you want to tell them where to find us? Yes. Okay. You can find Robert at Robert Robert Pike Pike on Instagram and Sherbert on Twitch and YouTube. Nope. Oh. TikTok. TikTok. TikTok and YouTube, Sherbert, sorry. There you go. And I am gray-haired tattoos across all platforms. All right. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) All right, everyone. Have a good one, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.